We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Light Years Podcast. We're back. Sam, how do I sound? Wow. Did, did you get a, uh, a new mic? After after numerous complaints on the uh, on the interwebs, I thought I'd become more professional now. So I bought this little 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 snowball thing, and uh, apparently I sound amazing. So we're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you sound significantly less fobby than normal. So <laughs> very, uh, very happy. Um we got a guest today, uh, one of my favorite people to talk hoops with, Mo Dockhill, former Clippers film guy and film extraordinaire from the jumpball.net. Mo, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Oh, good here. Um, I'm just happy Andy kind of upgraded his situation into the 21st century. Uh, you it's, you really have no idea just how difficult it is, you know. For for an Asian kid, he's just so bad at technology. I want I want I want the uh, I want the unprofessional Andy back. Like I, I I hope this doesn't give us a more tame Andy. People people do seem to love that version of me. I think um, I, I think people don't like the buttoned up version. I got people at work like they just they just want me to be me, you know. Which I tell them. That's probably not a great thing. Like I, I, think, <laughs> I think Sam is this is similar. You probably don't want fully unfiltered versions of us. This like fifty percent filtered on the podcast is good. I think Twitter, it's about seventy five percent filtered. But once and that's you, once getting you... a little too close to the line there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm okay with. I can do a hundred percent unfiltered with both of you guys as long as I can exit and not have to deal with you until I'm ready to come back. Until <laughs> <laughs> I can opt out, you know, and then come back in. Oh, uh, but so so you're you're by the way. My first question here is: you are doing video 
highlights and cutting up clips of preseason games. So who, why, why so who made you do this? And, um, and <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but what's, what's going on? What, why, uh, uh, tell, give us the thought process behind, you know, kind of doing that. I mean, we saw you cutting up clips of clay setting screens. So immediately <laughs> you moved to the top of the list as best, best film guys ever. So what happened was I thought to myself, like, how can I get on Andy and Sam's good side? And let me just immediately start talking about Clay, the Warriors, and Screens. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding about that. I, you know, I was doing this stuff at some point last year, and you know, I found that uh, this is this is what most people tend to like. Um, it's it's relatively easy for me. There's stuff I watch, and because of my video coordinator days, you you can't turn off some of these things. And this is like, oh, that's something I would mark while watching a game that I'd want to either pull aside for myself or show one of the coaches later. Um, so th- it's kind of that sort of mentality. And then just interesting things that fans may not notice um, that I may not have noticed right away. Sometimes I, I go back and watch these clips again and, 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 and see it the second time, like the, the Lakers jump, the playoff, the jump ball yesterday. You know, I didn't notice Pope set that screen until I, I, flipped it on this morning it was like oh that was an actual diagrammed play so you know um just trying to bring out interesting stuff and and trying to just bring more intelligent conversation to twitter and and, and backing it up with what i know best which is film by the way is is Kentavious caldwell pope going to be the player that lebron hates the most i'm trying to decide because <sighs> i don't know man i think beasley could kind of contend for that I don't know if Beasley's going to play enough, but I think I think uh, KCP's penciled into you know twenty five minimum twenty five minutes. But he's a clutch. But he's a clutch sports guy. Like that's part of the family. I don't know how. That's what I'm saying. LeBron. He he can't have him traded, so it's going to make him <laughs> super upset. <laughs> well, he's a free agent next year, so at the worst case, he's just like I just got to make it through this season. I don't know. There's some oh. there, there's some shot selection issues there. <laughs> oh, that, gotta, that's like half the team. <laughs> it's got to be some guy that'll never stop shooting um, on that team. I don't know, man. Like like Kuzma seems like he'd be a good option. Just as someone that's like who? What's someone that's going to be kind of scared? You know what I mean? When they get the ball, um, actually, maybe it's Ingram. Actually, now that I think about it, somebody that can't really shoot. Ingram so looked when he nice gets last it. night. Ingram looked good yesterday. I was impressed with him uh, yesterday. I thought there was some. Some plays he made in traffic and things like that. Uh, a couple of stuff he did playmaking and things. I, I thought he looked pretty good. So did you watch the Warriors game? What did you think about that one? I watched about the, the first half of the Warriors game. You know, look, there, there was some stuff in there where I was just like, damn it, like the defense already looks good. You know, the, huh. the, the bench unit in, in one of the clips I showed, you know, uh, Bell makes the, the proper rotation over. Iguodala cracks back, you know, and takes out the Bell's guy and stuff. And I was just kind of like, there were, there were clips in there where I was like, you know, for a team that just won a championship, you know, they're they're right back in form defensively, knowing where to go, rotations. Uh, my favorite clip, which I didn't post because I didn't want to pick on him, but was when Wiggins tried to post up Clay like – Oh, enough! Enough other people game. posted that. To oh, get me yeah, <laughs> it got posted many times. <laughs> it got, it got, it was out there enough. But like, when I saw, that, I just started laughing. 
just like this kid can't get a break i like what are you doing uh, do you actually feel sorry for him because he's like no. the epitome of everything i dislike like a very gifted player who just has zero interest in like refining their talent to actually maximize itself He's the kind of player that would frustrate everybody and should frustrate us all because it's all of us thinking the same. Like you just said, if I had those talents and that and 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 those physical attributes, you know what I mean? Like I'd be a world beater. You know what I mean? Like I'd be all over the place and 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 crushing people's souls and things like that. Like, <laughs> we, we'd like to think that, um, but you know, it's just kind of it's he's frustrating in that regards. He's very uh, Tim Thomas esque, you know. Uh, R- R- Rudy Gay comes to mind a lot of times, you know, and that kind of Rudy, yeah, well, yeah. Rudy at least competed pretty hard. Like the the decision making wasn't always great, still probably isn't great, but um, I always thought Rudy Gay played pretty hard, uh, which I can't say about Wiggins. Well, you uh, know, Wiggins is frustrating. Yeah, the, like the the worst kind of in Mo when you when you were working, you know, for the Clippers. To me, it feels like the worst kind of people are the. The people that make mistake, uh, make excuses for themselves. I, it feels, it just feels like Wiz- Wiggins is a kind of guy behind the scenes to just be like, you know, like I'm inefficient, but if I had, if I was in rhythm, I would have made that jumper. You know, what I mean, like if I had gotten the ball here, I would have done that. If I, t- if I touched the ball like 50 times a game, I'd be a much better scorer. You know, he just, it just feels like he's that type of guy to just be like, you know what? Since I don't get these touches, that's fine that I miss them. But you guys don't know. Like, if I'm in rhythm, I'm going to be cooking. Like, I feel like that's the worst type he, of people. He for to, sure know. thought Jimmy <laughs> Butler was holding him back, even though he had shown nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Jimmy Butler could have held him back the year before Jimmy Butler got there. I <laughs> right. mean, there, there were questions before that, right? And 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 th- listen, just going back to last season when he gets the contract extension, when the owner says, I want to look him in the eye and make sure he promises that he's going to work hard before I hand him hand over the largest amount of money he's he's going to make. Like, he's not going to get a contract that big again after this. But, you know, it's it's I, I just want to make sure he understands how important this is. I'm like, that should be a sign you shouldn't give him that contract. Yeah, I was. First off, owners not being able to stay out of their own their own way is just a, a personal favorite genre of NBA dysfunction. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know why you'd go public with that. And then like, but if you're having those thoughts, like you had no reason to give it to him. He could have waited another summer. Like it, the money doesn't even start till this year. They gave him the early extension for, I guess, peace of mind. But like, did he really deserve that? No. <laughs> just, I mean, he's a restricted free agent. If he doesn't sign it, you you control the situation. You probably get him at a discount if you're like, screw it, go get an offer. Like, what? What? Uh, who would have? You know, maybe Brooklyn comes in with a crazy offer. Well, well you, know, you just match. end up matching the same amount of money. Yeah. yeah, right. You just match it, and then you just move on. It's just like if you have these questions about a, a, a any player. You, that's not something you go and you, you go sign, you know, and that's that's stuff that I just uh, at least I, you know at least at least Harry B worked hard, you know, for for all the grief that Sam and I and and the rest of the Warriors fans um, kind of made fun of him. It, at the same time, it was like the guy worked hard. He like tried to become a much better, and he did become a really like decent defender. Um, he just like didn't have. 
like he was athletic and he could jump, but he didn't have like the fluidness and like the explosiveness that Wiggins has. Like you watch Wiggins like once every like 15 games, he'll make a spin move, like 360 dunk in the middle of a freaking game. And you're like, oh my God. Right. Like, right. Like Harry B could never do something like that. And he could never move like that, but at least he tried. Like Wiggins is just like, and, and, that's and we were probably too too hard on old Harry we, because like his we um, his his just development curve was behind the rest of the team, and he can't help that. You know, like they were all right. ready to compete, yeah. and he was like two two to three years away from being that consistent contributor that they needed him to be. Yeah, like and like it, Clay and Draymond, like they they and Steph, like they beat that curve right is what you're talking about like they they blew by that that's why nobody saw it coming right and you know the thing is it's it's harder in this situation you know like we're we're seeing it play out with patrick mccall and i know sam sam was tweeting it you know when you're on a championship team you know you you have to be up to par with these guys you know when you're when you're going to try to compete for minutes with guys who are trying to be in the rotation come playoff time and and and, and potentially championship games, you know, it's hard to kind of develop in that environment. It's just a difficult situation, you know, and the further along the season goes, the the less your the fewer opportunities are coming your way because these the games matter more and more. Yeah. Like there's you know, no, and, um, you know, you have, you know, 10 games to work your way through it because the standards are so much higher. You're not just going to get those like, 35 minutes to kind of play your way through it because well there's like eight better players on the team so they'll go to a different option right and it's just a matter of just there's not in uh there's not a lot of practice time during the season there's not a lot of really a lot of windows of opportunity and you know you got to prove yourself in games and you know situations where it's like okay you have a bad game and this guy or this guy has a a great game or is really stepping up you're losing your minutes. And sometimes that's even just completely out of your control. You're, you know, uh, somebody else, you know, Quinn cook, whatever is, is killing all of a sudden that's easy in your minutes. There's nothing you can do about it. It's uh it's a challenging environment. It's something we're going to see with, you know, this, we got a lot of young Lakers and a lot of veterans on the Lakers squad. Like it's going to be interesting to see how they compete and, and, and how they push each other. I think it's a little bit easier for them in the sense of nobody's expecting them to, to go to the championship, nobody's expecting the conference finals out of them. You know, I think, you know, best best case scenario is a second round for them. So I think there's a little bit of an easier time for them to try to develop some of these younger guys. But in a situation with the Warriors, and like we're seeing again with McCaw, you can't really play it out as easily because it's just, you know, these and, games matter. And I think we saw it last year. Remember when he asked to go down to the G League? And he was just talking about how he just needed to play consistently and play free. Like it, Andy was saying it last year. It, I mean, he, he looked like he was in his own head the whole time. But I, I almost um, – or I do sympathize for him because it's like there's Iguodala and there's Livingston. You know, like you know exactly what you're getting out of them. Nick Young's a shooter off the bench. Obviously, you got Steph, KD, Clay. Like he literally – he'd get like four to five minutes – and if he didn't play well, um, he might not see minutes again in the second half. And, or even if he did, he'd see it in another four- to five-minute spurt. That's not really what a young, raw player who kind of needs consistent run, that, that's not the best way for them to, to develop. 
that's not that's just not enough time to even get into the flow of the game you know it could go you know the first two or three minutes can go incredibly quick and you not even have noticed you know you you may have only touched the ball twice you you may have just been defending on the weak side and and no action really went your way or anything like that like it could there's so many things it's it's like you four or five minute spurt it's barely enough to to work up a sweat now granted if i was doing it i'd be passed out within a 30 second mark but (laughs) the the uh the challenge for that situation is and now you're pressing more now you know you only got four or five minutes to prove something so now you're putting more pressure on yourself in less time and it's easy to get in your own head like andy was saying last year like it's easy to kind of get in that situation and put that pressure on him like i understand his want to go down to the G League and get some run for a while because if he's not going to play there, game reps are the most important thing. Like practice is great and all, but you're not going to get a game rep kind of speed. You're not going to go game speed during the season that's, for the most part. That's true. That's true. When you're when you're watching film, what do you? Because I'm curious, what do you look for 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 someone that you know may be a season where they're breaking out, right? And and I want to kind of think of this from a Warriors aspect. Obviously, McCall would have been one of those guys, but. Like if we're watching, you know, Jordan Bell or even Kavon Looney or, or maybe even someone like Quinn Cook, like what are what are we watching for? What should we be watching for during games that tell us, hey, maybe they're going to have like a better season than what we expect? Right. I think the first thing you kind of want to see really with every guy as each year goes on is kind of like an improvement in, in, in IQ. Now, some guys aren't just going to be massively smart <laughs> or whatever. Right. But you want to see them doing some of the little things that they didn't do last year or, or, or anticipating like we, like I was talking about with Jordan bell rotating over and, and kind of being perfectly vertical, you know, on, uh, uh, the, in the Minnesota game against Tolliver, you know, like, I don't know. I, I feel like last season he would have just gone over trying to get the block and probably would have drawn a, got a foul. <laughs> Brained his ankle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that is true, you know, and, 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 and I think you want to see those things offensively. You kind of want to see where they improved. Like, I had noticed in that game that that Bell was kind of floating on the outside a bit more. Um, I had caught him a couple of times here at, at uh, UCLA over the summer, and he was working on his jumper and and, and shooting a bit. You know, I, I you just want to see what you want to see them improve. You don't want to see just see the same thing over and over again. You want to sit there and go like, oh, they didn't do that last year, or they couldn't do that last year. That's great, you know. And you want to just kind of keep an eye on and see and how it proves. But you want to kind of see. More importantly, how, how how are they thinking the game, which is incredibly hard if you don't, you know, you can't get right into their brain, but you just kind of want to watch it, you know, and see, like, what are they anticipating? Where, are they in the right spots? Are they, you know, are they are they getting to their spots offensively and, you know, and getting to the right places? Are they setting good screens and all that stuff? You just kind of want to see what they didn't do last year and, and see what they picked up over the summer. That was like, that was the thing that I noticed right away with Draymond. Um, on both sides of the ball, even when he shot like eight percent from three in his rookie year, like that, I was, I was, I think I was it was eleven so, percent to be honest. <laughs> it was so bad. I remember, like, yo, is this guy gonna be a player? But then you watched him, like, you can even watch him play offense. The way he passed, the way he like made decisions, like, and he like clearly had feel. Yeah, he really right. did, right? And, and with Steph, you could say you could tell he was a point guard the first year too. Like the way he could pass, he could dribble, he can, you know, pick his spots. Clay, maybe not so much. I think Clay kind of grew into it, um, and now he's like a like a genius on defense and offense is still a little still a little wonky. But you know that's Clay. 
but like you for the Warriors, you you just got a bunch of smart dudes, and I think Andre's probably the smartest guy on both sides on the floor. Probably too smart for his own good, but like that's that's a team that's full of high IQ guys. Like that's that's why they work together. I, I guess that's like really hard though to to watch for. Like that's something, and I think Jordan Bell fits that mold. I I, I think if Jordan Bell had maybe Kevon Looney's like um, uh, <laughs> patience, he'd be he'd be like a, a starting center. And maybe a potential for an all-star, but um, that that is a huge reason why the Warriors really are. It's kind of underrated because nobody really talks about that because they just say like these guys are really talented, and p- part of that kind of includes intelligence, which you know nobody can gauge, I guess. Yeah, they well, kind. Well, of- it's just. Oh, go ahead, Sam. Sorry, I was going to say one thing that the the Warriors did that no one else was doing. They they kind of did kind of um, prioritize smart guys who they saw a lot of film of in college, um, hmm. so they knew they knew how to play like. Um, I know Andy was saying this last night, but it's like you see that with Josh Hart with the Lakers. Like that's a guy the Warriors would have loved to have. Um, but it's like just continually going for these guys who maybe don't have the prototypical measurements in terms of athleticism testing or you know size or stuff like that. But like, there's just so much. It's just they they, they know exactly how to play. They just get to the right spots. It's one of those things. Like, IQ is such an important aspect. How many guys have we seen in the NBA that are super athletic and could do all the things we wanted to do but just don't have that IQ or that actual, like, understanding? Like, that's the thing that makes Draymond so special. It's like Draymond's ability to diagnose a play and and, and get to the right spots quicker than anybody else is is amazing to me. You know, you, you mentioned Iguodala, Andy, and I mean – that stuff that's like it's 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 otherworldly, you know, like it's kind of freakish in that sense. And and the thing about it with Iguodala too is like so many years of experience behind it. He he just knows it, and it's and it's something that kind of develops over time. You know, we mentioned Jordan Bell. There was stuff last year about you know the the guys in the locker room questioning his work ethic, you know, and like <laughs> yo, you got You got to earn this, you know, and. And there, there, there are some stuff you guys could probably speak to it more than me um, in that regards. But you know, there's there's that thing in that lo- in that locker room too. It's like this is how we work. This is how we prepare. You know, and and if somebody's not going to be the you, you know the the participant and really kind of work together with the squad, they're not going to fit in that locker room. And that's that's the other thing you want to see with these with these young guys is kind of working with these vets in terms of getting to the right spots and where to go. So so I have one final question. Um, for you when you watch the Warriors when you're looking for things who's the most so one who's the most fun for you to watch and then two who's the most like when you watch that you can cut film up and you can say hey this is how I can teach people or this is like a really informative piece of of basketball that I can show you saying what warrior player or what yeah what warrior player come on now this is light years (laughs) I mean we're on the light years pod I just figured as much uh you know I think you know there's there's so much with all the guys like it's almost if I want to talk about movement, I'm going to watch Clay. You know, if I want to talk about IQ, I'm going to keep an eye on Draymond and 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 where he's running around. If I want to talk about and and Sam and I kind of talked a little bit on Twitter about it the other day. You know, screen setting and things like that. You know, it's it's Steph and 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 how <laughs> Steph kind of gets to his spots and and things like that. I mean, KD's KD. Like he, you know, when he when he wants to take over, you can kind of just see it happen. Um, so it's. Really, in general, it's everybody. I, I I like watching them all. It's just a question of what 
what am I seeing? What are they doing that's different in this game versus, you know, other games that I watched or, or when I'm watching other teams? Like, that's what sets you guys apart, you know, is you have all these dudes that each do, do one or two things better than everybody else in the NBA. And then it's like, uh, uh, God, I can't forget, remember the toy. But when you bring them all together, they form one giant monster. Oh, a transformer. Right? Yeah. Transformer. There <laughs> we Power go. Power Ranger or something. Power, yeah. whatever. You know, like they each got their special skills. And then when you bring them all together, it's, you know, a monster that can't be beat. And that's kind of who they are. And that's sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the fun part of watching the Warriors. And it's going to be really exciting when Cousins is back and see how they use Cousins and in what ways and what pieces, you know, and, and, and what he can bring to the table and how does Kerr kind of work that in. All right. Mo, we're going to have of the jump ball.net. Sorry, Sam, what's up? I was going to say one Mo, we're definitely going to have you on um, later in the season when we can actually, when we have some interesting <laughs> film to break down, maybe, maybe, maybe against, um, I don't know. Let, let me get let to me some ask- games. Let me ask you guys a quick question. Is there something wrong with me that I'm just cutting up preseason film left and right? Keep cutting up Warrior film. Makes me happy. <laughs> okay, so just Warrior. Now, one, one thing I do appreciate is you um, you get to the point when you cut it. There's a lot of people who cut up film uh, where it's, it's like an exercise in proving how much oh, yeah. they know versus oh, yeah. an exercise in actually demonstrating a point. Oh, Sam's a thousand percent correct. Oh my God, yes. I have like, like I have no interest in long videos. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, there are people that just also post videos just to prove a point in terms of the point that they've they're already trying to make, um, as well. So so anyway, um, I, I appreciate it just because I'm not going to be watching the game, so I can just watch your highlights. Um, <laughs> so that works for me. Yeah, Andy <laughs> hasn't watched a Warriors game since 2014. I, I don't think our <laughs> listeners know that. He literally just goes off of the tweets. I just I just shoot tweets off. When you guys won the championship this year, like the freeway was clogged because like a car was doing donuts or whatever on the freeway. I just automatically assume it's Andy whenever something like that breaks out by Oracle. (laughs) Cannot cannot confirm. (laughs) Uh, Hey Mo, thanks man. Thanks for coming on. You guys, man. Thank you for having me. All right, our first Light Years podcast mailbag. We got some good questions this week. Oh um, yeah, by the way, sh- shouts to people for for oh my god for the questions. I think this is the best we've ever had, right? Like it uh, it's amazing. it's up there. There was a lot of good ones. The hard part's going to be uh, narrowing down which ones we choose because <laughs> I think we got about twenty or so minutes. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, let's go right in. All right, we're going to start with friend of the show Anthony Smith at ant underscore smith seven will kd clay and draymond all be warriors on opening night 2019 we're already jumping a season light years uh andy i'll let you go first okay um yes i think uh uh, that's the boring answer but i think it's the answer that people obviously like but um, I, I think KD signs a five-year max. I, I think Clay staying. Um, I, I think Draymond signs a max too. I think Lacob is gonna put his money where his mouth is and pay a ridiculous tax bill for this team. I, I don't think there's necessarily gonna be a Anthony Davis or, or Giannis or MB. One of these things. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think they're gonna ride this thing out um, for as long as they can. And I will say, I do think 
they're going to be like, I think Steph and Kitty are going to be this great in their prime for at least like the next four to five years. Um, so I, I, I don't think this is going to be a retooling. I, I do think KD is going to stay. And, and I think, um, and I think when that happens, people are going to be extra pissed. Which is what we're, we aim for. Um, I have a couple thoughts piggybacking what you said. Um, I feel so the one that, so Steph's locked in already. So taking him off the table, I would be shocked if they lose clay um, for clay to leave, they would have to bungle the negotiation because he's basically letting oh, it yeah. be known, pay me fair market rate. And I'm here, you know, Draymond isn't a free agent until 2020. Um, and I don't think they're going to trade him this summer. If let's put it this way, if they trade him this summer, um, they either gotten, they got like Anthony Davis or, um, I don't know, something went really wrong, neither of which I think are likely scenarios. And actually, um, I don't think KD's signing a five-year. I, I think he's going to sign another one-year. Uh, okay, um, so how about this then? If he signs another one-year, where does he sign after? I don't know that he leaves. I just feel like he likes having that leverage uh, and more power to him. He should, right? Um, he's, no, one of, he's one of I, – I really think only he and LeBron – can do that and know they'll get a full max even if they get injured like everyone else has a little bit of a fear of if they get the full max if they get an injury but given the KD's size like someone would still give him a five-year or a four-year super max if he you know god forbid tore his knee or something because you're like well he's still going to be seven foot and be able to shoot over everyone right so I, I I mean they're the only players who like like James Harden can't take that risk. Steph can't take that risk. You know, you know what I mean? No, that's true. So I think he's going to take it one more year. Um, and if it goes well, then maybe he locks into a long term. Okay. That's fair. But I think, uh, I, th- I think generally I, I don't think he knows. And I think the one year is like the, the best compromise. Like I don't want to leave, but obviously he has wandering eyes. So. Uh, he doesn't want to lock in either. All right. Um, next one. I have <laughs> um, how many? This is perfect for you. How many games under five hundred? Oh, this is from uh, at Ballhard W eight RS. I don't know what that is, but how many games under five hundred would the Lakers have to be for ESPN to stop using their broadcast as a pro LeBron Lakers propaganda campaign? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it was a preseason game and they're clearly just trying to like drum up hype. Like we all know the Lakers being good is good for the league. It's, it's generally good when big market teams are good. It it just, it just is what it is. Right. Um, but last night's broadcast is pretty hilarious from that standpoint, like really trying to like, it felt like you're watching one of those, um, like an infomercial. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was, oh my, like, like. I watched the first half of the game, and I was reading your text, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be nauseating. And then I get home, and literally the f- I walk through the door, and I hear Doris Burke going, oh, my God, LeBron is got- – and God bless Doris Burke. She's, she's extremely smart and really good on the – on the uh, uh, right. really glad that she has one. But come on, man. Like, LeBron comes back in for the last, I think, like six minutes of the first half. And he's like, oh, my God, LeBron's come back in. I'm like, okay, let's let's simmer this whole thing down a little bit. Like, 
I just wish there was more nuance in the conversation outside of just like, because I feel like people try to nuance the Warriors because it's like, well, we can't just slurp the Warriors all day because they're the greatest team ever. Um, so they're like, they'll be like, you know, okay, so what are we going to do if Steph gets hurt? You know, how are they going to adjust with Cousins, right? There's none of that nuance when we talk about the Lakers. Like, it's like, Rajon Rondo is going to be great as a leader. Kyle Kuzma is going to have a mentor. You know what I mean? All of these Brandon guys, Ingram, like, superstar. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> Like, all of these things where it's like, okay, so where is the actual analysis that we want to talk about? Because this team really isn't that good. I think they're kind of, well, they're definitely interesting. Um, That's just, true. Just because you're throwing LeBron into this mismatch of young players, some of whom are pretty promising, some I don't really know. And then you got, like, these wild card vets. Like, they, it's, it's going to be... Um, interesting one way or another um how many losses for espn to stop oh, that's, that's, that's not that's not gonna matter I, if anything if they start losing it's gonna the the noise is gonna get louder it's gonna be like um when the heat started slowly or when the um when the lakers had dwight and nash and i mean that sort of stuff sells right so uh, I, I just think it's here all year. It's going to be the loudest storyline, and, you know, that's fine. <laughs> all right, you next. All right, from Chris Francis at Franny Wagon, Light Years Podcast. What should the Warriors do to celebrate the last year in Oracle? I like this oh, question. Oh, that's a fantastic – oh, do you want to go first? I, I can't – you go first. You go first. Do you have something? Um, I – Celebrate Oakland. Not much else to say. I so amazing, we yeah. both we both kind of dislike people who try to you know make this whole like Oakland versus San Francisco real fans non real fans thing. Um, I think it's kind of out of line and it's not accurate. But I get why people do it. Also, uh, but that said, that you know they're leaving Oracle and and it's going to be more corporate and it was always going to be the case. And I just want people to to realize if they stayed in Oracle, it would have just got more corporate as the Warriors continued to have Regardless. success. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just the nature of it. You, once once you become that successful, uh, it's just never going to have the, the we believe feel, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I think, so So you make a great point. So I'm going to piggyback on that. I'm going to steal that and take it a step further. I think um, they're never going to do this, right? But I think that they need to whoever is in charge like uh, but whoever is in charge there needs to to kind of recognize that hey all the fans that made oracle what it was right when we believe happened can't afford the tickets now there should be something that they should do it may not be for an actual game right but to to recognize that and, and allow everybody that can't afford those tickets during the regular season to come watch the game I'm not saying like this should be a playoff game or this should be a game against the the Lakers or something like that, right? Uh, maybe I I don't know. Maybe realistically, maybe it's like a game against the Magic or something. I don't know how they would do it. That's not my job. But I'm saying like for the Warriors to kind of give that recognition and say, hey, like like you're right. Like it's gonna be a worse crowd. It's gonna be a Patagonia jacket crowd. But we want those fans that were there, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago to still be able to enjoy that atmosphere in that arena one last time. So I, I think 
I don't know how they're going to do it, but that would be awesome. Because then that shows awareness, and I think Lake Up does have uh, awareness in terms of what's going on. So that would be pretty neat, but that might, I might just be getting a little bit too, you know, theoretical. And, the, and then secondarily, I just think they need to continually honor the history when they move to the Chase Center. Like, they can't just act like, well, now we're here and, you know, that stuff never happened, right? So it, it, it's it's a continual thing. It's, you know... You see it with the Raiders now, with them like trying to essentially erase memories. Huh. Like, you don't want to be that. Don't be that. You know what I'm saying? Embrace your history. Um, hopefully, the Warriors have a bunch of ex-players, you know, who had moments here. You know, like Run TMC. Um, we believe, honestly, not much memorable in between those two. <laughs> um, <laughs> So just stuff like that, um, and that's it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what else they can really do. Um, it's, it's going to be weird, you know. I'm, ex- I just want, I was just by Chase Center a couple days ago, and it's, it's, it's almost done. It's getting there, you know. Like structurally, it's pretty much they have the topping out. It's, um, it's starting to get there, and it's exciting. But it's, you know, I'm sure I'm going to have that nostalgic feel at the end of the season when like they play their last game at Oracle. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that's just kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. It's going to be bittersweet, but, but I, I also, I'm not the guy to, you know, I'm not the guy to, to say like, Hey, you know, cause I wasn't, I'm not from that part. And I went to a bunch of games when I was little, but you know, th- I don't feel that same way as people who do. So, um, I mean, Wait, it'd be you great grew if... up in San Francisco and you were still a Warriors fan. I didn't. I didn't know that. That I thought. I thought only Tech Bros lived in the city. <laughs> hey, you know, you know who's really good um, at honoring players? The SF Giants are really good at that. Um, they're really good at. Um, they're like... really good at doing that to distract from the fact that they're really bad at putting. Oh, hundred percent true. <laughs> they, they're really good at living in the dude. Like even when the Giants were good. It, they had old players, like right. So like they really rely on the past, and but the thing is, they're good at that. And, and the fan base, I mean, we eat that up, right? Like even right. when David Lee came back, and, and like they put him on the screen, my God, like the standing ovation. And in my head, I'm like, who the hell cares? It's David Lee. He's he was never good, and he was, but people love it. Like fans love that thing. And like another one for there's me, there's a month, specific subset of fans who just adore <sighs> David Lee. Um, but. <laughs> but, look, but, but, but wait but look, but, yeah. look at Monte but look at Monte you know what I mean like people love Monte for me personally like I couldn't care less like Monte was great but like he was a chucker he didn't play defense and he wasn't really that fun to watch for me personally but like if the Warriors brought him back and like showed him on the Jumbotron or like like whatever like we need, we need the Anderson that. we need the Anderson Verizon thank right. you game alright 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 so I'll move to the next question <laughs> let's slow let's slow it down from, from Anthony Canton um, friend of the pod, good dude. Yeah. Uh, will the games against Boston this season be each of your most intensely watched games? Any other matchups interest you particularly besides the obvious OKC Houston? Oh, it's Boston. It's not even close. Yeah, it's it's not even close. Like that's, I think that's the only team that matters right now. Um, I mean, things could change as 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 people always hedge, but. It's it's not even close. There's no point answering the question. It's Boston, like the way that they can match up. The if Gordon Hayward's good, if Tatum's good, we're gonna talk about this. Like we actually talk about this every day. Yeah. But we are gonna talk about this every day this season. 
And it's it's if Jason Tatum makes a leap and Jalen Brown becomes like you know a better version of Harrison Barnes or a homeless version or a poor man's version of Iguodala, or just a better version of what he was last year. Like Boston's a team. Like they've got they've got the point guard, they've got the uh, they've got the defense, they've got the wings, and they've got the coaching. Like that's that's the only team that should matter for the Warriors because nobody else in the West has a chance. Um, so I so I look at it this way: Boston will have me most interested from like a basketball X's and O's standpoint. Like I'm just very excited to see the Warriors match up against them. Um, but then Lakers will by far be the most interesting from just kind of like a drama fan base perspective, just because LA and the Bay is a rivalry in every sport. Right. And, and we all have a bunch of Laker friends um, just by nature of like people we knew who grew up in LA or stuff like that. Like it's just, it's so um, it's so ingrained in the culture, you know. Like you have the Giants and the Dodgers here, or um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? But yeah, I mean, it's the the NorCal SoCal rivalry is a real thing. So uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun, but for different reasons. Boston will have me like texting Mo, like asking him to break down <laughs> film, you know, like nerding out in that way. Yeah, the Boston. That's uh, I actually can't wait. Now that the season is getting closer, it's going to be. Um, we got uh, any? We got any sleeper teams? Um, I mean, I there's mean, my, there's always interesting ones, but I'm trying to think of like a sleeper one that I think could potentially make like the big step. My okay, so I'm going to get really back to my blogger days. I don't think this is a sleeper team, but this is a team that if, if like. Back when I used to watch like every single game, and I like come back from the gym or come back from college school and, and watch a four thirty game, the Indiana Pacers are probably going to be the team that I would love to watch. Uh, if Miles Turner, <laughs> if Miles Turner takes a leap, Victor Oladipo keeps getting better after leaving Russell Westbrook, and Sabonis is able to like run that pick and pop and pick and roll with Turner. Like that's a team that's going to make noise in the East because the East is up for grabs. Like. I don't like Giannis is great, but that team is garbage. Oh, like, see, I see. I was gonna say Milwaukee because I'm just excited. Yeah. I'm just excited to see Giannis because we both agree Giannis is in that like Steph category of like an insanely coachable star who needs like the right coach to like unlock some of the things like he doesn't even know he's capable of. And Budenholzer is a good coach. Yeah, so I'm just excited to see what they can do with that. Like, I don't know that they have enough. Like, may- maybe Budenholzer can resurrect Eric Bledsoe's career. I don't know. Not super optimistic <laughs> on that. And then maybe Middleton gets a little better. But, like, you know, ultimately, there's still some holes there. But I'm just excited to see a creative coach kind of take Giannis to the next level and see what that could be. Because they're, they're like, 44-win, like, mediocre East thing they've done the last couple of years. It was just kind of... It's just insanely maddening, given how talented he is. Yeah, yeah, and that that, that team around him is not great. Actually, I have I have one. The Pelicans are going to be fun. Uh, the Nuggets, obviously, but the Pelicans have that star. I don't think right. that the Nuggets have that like star like that wins you a postseason series. Um, so I, I think that Jokic um, top five RPM. <laughs> the, the pimp is the new one, bro. Um, but. But Anthony Davis, I think Anthony Davis, Miritich, and uh, Rando are going to be fun as a uh, uh, Franco rotation. I think they're hoping like Alfred Payton's like a, home, a poor man's version of Rondo. I don't know what that means, but 
they're hoping for that. I'm gonna assume so. That's I mean, AD's always they would be, they would be my man. number one. Like they, I don't know how they get Jimmy Butler, but I would love him to end up there. Oh, that'd it's be like, fantastic. But it's not gonna happen. They don't really like. They'd have to trade Drew Holiday to get him. In which case, then you know, it's kind of a lateral move. Like they got yeah. like subtly better. Like what I would want to see is like Drew, Jimmy, and AD together. That's true. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, it's not gonna be a fun watch. Is Portland. But um, hey, let's uh, let's because there's breaking news on this. So I'm gonna take this question um, Ooh, from Ada Ada. You're gonna like news. this one. Ada K A N Y E A. Um, what are your thoughts on the Pat Costale mate? So the it's not really breaking, but Shams just tweeted and said, "Hey, he's not gonna accept his uh, qualifying offer or whatever. So he's gonna remain a restricted free agent, meaning um, the Warriors can still uh, match whatever offer he gets. But looks like they're gonna be waiting for, I guess, a while now. So what are your thoughts? Um, so we, we hit on it with Mo, but like, I honestly think yeah. Pat's, I don't think enough people really, so Pat really wants that big contract. He wants to prove he can be a, a legitimate player in this league. Um, and I kind of feel for him cause like, it's not the easiest place to develop. I don't even think it's about the money because another team's not offering him anything more than the Warriors. He just wants to go somewhere where he can. He knows he's locked into twenty-five to thirty minutes a game. You know what I mean? So I don't know how he pulls it off because he's restricted, and the Warriors are within their rights to just be like, "We're going to match it regardless." Um, but this is kind of why championship teams tend to have a bunch of vets, isn't it? Because this is a very tough situation for a guy like a guy like Pat McCaw to, to actually develop in. Well, here's my thing, and, and I bring I brought this question up because I didn't bring it up earlier, but my thing with McCall is to play devil, devil's advocate is you weren't good, right? So you weren't good, and a lot of it wasn't your fault because, you know, he got hurt um, very unfortunately several times. And before he, um, I think, sprained that ankle, it was a pretty bad sprain, he had a really good game, right? And so a lot of it wasn't his fault, but also he got hurt and he started the season terribly because he just wasn't confident. And now, uh, my pet peeve, as I was saying earlier, is that you can make up as many excuses as you want, but at the end of the day, like, the Warriors gave him opportunities, and they put him into games where, you know, he was still able to shoot, and he was still able to dribble, but he didn't do any of those things just because he's someone that's in his own head a lot. Um, And if you're going to do that and you didn't play well, I I don't know what you're really expecting, right? Because... If he was someone that was maybe a, a high lottery pick, then it's like, okay, well, you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the end of the day, this guy was a second-round pick for a reason. Um, and I think a lot of the reason was, and it's kind of seeing it now, like he can't really shoot. He's a little bit too skinny, so his defense is potential is nice, but he doesn't really play that great of a defense. And there's really not much playmaking. So it's kind of, I get you want 25, 30 minutes, but who's going to give you that right and, and i mean there's about 15 teams in the league who would. but 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 then why doesn't he just sign something then already right because then and, well, and that's the thing- that, but that's the that's the problem i i actually believe he's been offered contracts from uh you know maybe a phoenix a sacramento but he's not but like the minute they offer it, he accepts it, and the Warriors match it. He has to stay with the Warriors. But it's here's here's the thing too. It's not like this is a five year thing. Like he's not signing a five year deal. This is one year. I mean, the second year is a team option. But even then, like it's not like it's a death sentence here. 
Like, right? Like, even if he plays well on the Warriors, which if you think you're able to play 25, 30 minutes on the Suns, you definitely could play good minutes on the Warriors. Then why don't you go do that and then just leave, right? So it's kind of, you're kind of putting yourself behind the eight ball too because when the Warriors do match it and you're like two weeks late to a training camp that you probably should be in right now, that doesn't help. So he's kind of like, I don't know what kind of game is playing. I don't know who the agent is, but it's he's not really helping himself. My, my read on it, and this all. is this is unsourced or like you know I haven't like really talked with anyone. So my read on it is his agents essentially trying to get the Warriors to rescind um, their matching rights. You know what I mean? That way, because like he's not going to get more money, but the the fear is like okay, if Sacramento offered him three and a half million. The Warriors would just be like, all right, we'll just we'll just match that, you know. Like it's not such a big difference right. that they're like. So what they need is the Warriors to give up their matching rights. But why would the Warriors do that? Why would they pull, you know, do a show of good faith? Why would they do that? Right? It's not like he's a veteran, or or, or whatever. I don't know that veteran example doesn't work. But there's just no. Reason no, but I get what you're saying. Like if if yeah. Iguodala wanted out and there was no way around it, right. the Warriors would do it because it's like you know you've given us so much. Right. Um. No, you're right. I mean, it's it's a gamble. He's, but I, I am sympathetic to him from that standpoint. Um, but then again, <laughs> would anyone know who Pat McCaw was if he was drafted 37th to the Milwaukee Bucks and played 18 minutes a game for them and like, you know, maybe gave him some good minutes, but like nothing that stood out, right? Yeah, because you look at the responses. Anytime the Warriors get someone in the second round, it's like, oh my god, it's a steal. Like I mean, I remember when they got Jordan Bell. It was like, like Twitter was going nuts, and it wasn't just Warriors fans. People were just like, oh my god, like this well, guy. Actually, be I amazing. think Jordan Bell is an interesting comp because they're they're both the same type of pick, but they have completely different needs. Like Jordan Bell has a lot of Draymond in him, in which like he's not getting inside his own head. If anything, he needs to think a little more sometimes, but like he's going to make his impact felt because that's just the kind of like he's an aggressive, uh, just this is the type of player he is, right? Pat McCaw is the type of guy who needed development, needed grooming, right? He needed someone to kind of take him under his wing and like really trust him over a couple years because he's not that guy. He's not. He's not Jordan Bell. He's not Draymond Green. Those guys are rare. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I I'm tough. I, I guess I, I'm a little tougher on that. I don't know where it came from, but it just, it just kind of annoys me. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, dude, you're not, you're not a star. I, I get if you're Jimmy Butler and you want to leave, like it makes sense. But it's like, Patrick McCall, come, come on. Um, anyway, I have uh, I have one more. I don't know if you have another one, but I really enjoyed this one from uh, from Grant G E E Co. Who uh, who DM me this? He DM me a couple questions, but I'm willing to do one. Um, where do you guys watch games, and do you watch them together? Sounds like you don't. So, are you a bar type guy or a at your place screaming at your own TV type guy? Sounds like you don't watch them together. Is actually. I don't know why that makes me laugh because like we've watched a lot of games together. <laughs> um, That's true. I, I, I'm I I want him to uh, respond to you with like the reason he thinks we don't watch them together. Like, 
he's he's like picking up some like thing in our analysis or it's like no they're not on the same page they don't they don't watch it together um but i like that question uh as i get older and grumpier uh, i watch less games out at bars um, i do um it really depends on the mood so so in my opinion is it's an 82 game season i'm not gonna watch every game like it's uh you know, like it's a Super Bowl or anything like that. So for a lot of games, it is fun to just like, you know, get get together with your friends and go to a bar and watch it. And like everyone's just kind of casually watching it. Um, for big time games, I'll usually make it an event viewing of some sort. And I typically just try to have people over to my place or go to a friend's place. But somewhere where you can like the TV audio is still a predominant um, yeah. factor in it. I don't mind watching it with people. I don't need to be alone or anything. If anything, it's it's actually kind of fun to watch it with people. You just you don't want it to be like ten to fifteen people where you feel like you you know you can't even watch the game. Yeah, people are like are just running around talking about their work. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Um, but um, I, I'm kind of the opposite. So I really enjoy watching games by myself. Um, so like I, I, when I first started like kind of writing and stuff like that, like I would watch games, like two, three games by myself and like take like really nerdy, like take notes. And I'm sure you did that too, but like, I love it. Like when I watch Warriors games now, like I'm not covering the Warriors this season, so I won't be at any home games, but like when it, during road games and things like that, I would just really enjoy just sitting at home and just chilling and, and of course just tweeting, um, random stuff. Um, during the games, it, it's just more fun. Like I, I kind of like no distractions, right? Like I don't have to answer any questions, right. or I don't have to like worry about anything. The only time I would want to go to a bar, um, but I also don't even prefer going to a bar, just because it's like I don't want to deal with buying alcohol. So I just what I'm really what I really love, like during big games, like any game gets OKC or whatever, is like just going to a buddy's house and just like because then and it's like a, your select few, so it's like a couple. Exactly. Like a couple guys that you know are just gonna be like, all right, we're here. We're gonna watch hoop. We're not fucking around with anything else. We're gonna drink and we're just gonna enjoy this game, right? Because we'll like, order some food, but we're not we're <laughs> not gonna be sitting here and talking about um, our TPS reports. Yeah, like like that. I cannot stand that. Like I remember, like I had a couple buddies where like they try to talk, and I would just I would just be like, no, like we're here to watch Steph. We're here to watch Draymond. Like, we are not here to talk. Like, I, I cannot stand that. So, like, um, that's kind of the reason, too. Like, sometimes I'm just like, well, I'd just rather watch it, like, just by myself. Because if I have to deal with, you know, other people talking about random stuff. Um, but but the thing, his part about us not watching it together, the fact that I don't cover home games anymore, it's going to be a lot more bar nights for me and Sam and Marina. So, <laughs> yeah, we're into that. Especially when they go on Eastern road trips. Um I'm going to be honest. I don't need to watch the Orlando magic. Seriously. It's like, and it's, that's what it really comes down to. It's like, Hey man, if I can use um, a warrior game as an excuse to get a couple friends at a bar, why not? Right. It's a good fun social time where you get to do something you enjoy. Yeah. All right, man, we'll get out of here. Um, we are, We'll record probably this time next week after Warriors play the Kings in preseason. The Kings apparently played Marvin Bagley at shooting guard. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. They ran out Frank Mason, Bagley, Giles, 
Scal Labissier and <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein all in the same lineup. Like I'm, I really want Sacramento to be entertaining because I have some very good friends who like the Kings, <sighs> but they they just find ways to offend me. I think uh, I think people don't understand how much Sam cares about basketball, not just about the Warriors, <laughs> but everyone else. Like at the end of the pod, we're talking about the Kings and who they're <laughs> playing. Just it's uh, it's amazing. Actually, a couple of house cleaning things before we get out of here. Uh, we joined Blue Wire podcast. Uh, Kevin Jones shouts. Um, so we join um, Fallon Smith and James Jones. James Jones, uh, shout out San Jose State. I didn't go there, but he also played uh, with the GOAT Aaron Rodgers um, in Green Bay. So they've got, a, they've got a podcast that talk about Bay Area sports, keep it at 300. So people listen, subscribe, right? Get on that vibe, help us out. Um, and also, of course, subscribe and rate our show five stars. If you don't like it, I don't care. Rate it anyway, um, five stars. Um, and then, you know, that, that's it man that's yeah, all basically we're, we're telling you to you know just do it in spite of us if anything <laughs> say we suck but click five. Oh yeah for sure if you gotta come in and, and want to make fun of us please do but five stars alright later When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.